a new true crime podcast from the team behind Up and Vanished. In 2016, adventurer Justin Alexander was invited on a trek by an Indian holy man. They headed to a spiritual ground in the Himalayan mountains, a place beyond civilization. The holy man returned and said nothing, but Justin was never seen again. What happened to him? Dive into our investigation in Status Untraced. Available now. Listen for free on Spotify. Today is Monday, September 30th, 2019. On this day in 2016, two paintings were recovered 14 years after being stolen from Amsterdam's Vincent van Gogh Museum. They were found in possession of one of Italy's most notorious gangs. Their retrieval set off an international conversation about the connection between organized crime and fine art. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Every day, we flip back the calendar to this date years ago and recount one event from true crime history. Today, we're going back to September 30th, 2016, the day law enforcement announced they'd recovered two missing Van Gogh paintings and put one of the FBI's top 10 art crimes to rest. The paintings, worth an estimated 4 million euros each at the time of their theft, were found in a small hallway outside the kitchen of a mafia-owned house in Castellamare di Stabia, Italy. We'll begin on September 30th at a crowded press conference in sunny Naples. There was plenty to look at in the luxurious surroundings of the Museo de Capodomonte, but the reporters all knew what they were here for. Their eyes were trained on two easels sitting in front of the shifting crowd, draped with cloth. But after 14 years, it was almost impossible to believe. Less than 10% of all art crimes are ever solved. Feet and pens tapped impatiently around the room. Notebooks flipped open to blank pages. Finally, the Italian investigators walked out in front of the crowd with serious expressions and began to explain their findings. Fourteen years ago, on December 7, 2002, two paintings were stolen from Amsterdam's Van Gogh Museum by two thieves. The thieves climbed onto the museum roof using a ladder, broke through a window, grabbed the smallest paintings in the room, and then rappelled down the side of the building using a rope. Both men were convicted back in 2004 after their DNA was found at the scene of the crime. But the thieves refused to give any clues as to the location of the missing artworks. 
the paintings were presumed lost forever, until now. A drug dealer who had frequently worked with an organized crime syndicate called the Camorra had tipped authorities off to the location of the works. The investigation into some details is ongoing. Authorities are not sure how the paintings came to be where they were found. But nevertheless, they were discovered in the kitchen of a Camorra-linked house in Castellamare di Stabia, Italy. Each was wrapped in a sheet of fabric no longer in its frame. Reporters turned to look at each other, eyes wide. The Camorra was one of the oldest and largest criminal organizations in Italy, dating back to the 17th century. Centered in Naples and more loosely structured than the strictly hierarchical Sicilian mafia, it was notoriously violent. What did it want with Van Gogh's? And why were the paintings being kept in the kitchen, wrapped up like fourth-grade art projects? The investigators continued telling the story of their discovery. Happily, despite the unconventional storage situation, neither painting appeared to be significantly damaged, aside from some slight chipping along the edge of one of the pieces and authorities sent by Amsterdam's Van Gogh Museum had confirmed that they were authentic. Without further ado, Seascape at Scheveningen and Congregation Leaving the Reformed Church in Noonan were revealed. The paintings, like most Van Goghs, were breathtaking, despite their small size. The crests of the waves in the seascape were captured in arrested motion, crashing into those magnificent Van Gogh eddies. The dark, lonely church was starkly sad. These were the genuine article. Thousands of miles away, in Dubai, the atmosphere was considerably less celebratory. Raffaele Imperiale was seething. Those were his paintings, and now the grubby cops in the Naples police force had their hands on them. How could that upstart drug dealer have ratted out the location of his art? Unbelievable, the lack of loyalty these days. He needed a drink. They'd seized his villas, his apartments, his farmland, his plane, and his boat. Now this. At least he was here in Dubai, far away from it all, safe from the clutches of those greedy policemen. And he could always steal another painting or two. Coming up, the recovery of the missing Van Goghs sparks an international conversation about organized crime's practice of trading stolen art. Now, back to the story. Two Van Gogh paintings, missing for 14 years, were recovered on Sunday, September 25th, 2016. Five days later, on Friday, September 30th, they were unveiled to the press. The stolen paintings had been seized, along with other assets belonging to Raffaele Imperiale. Imperiale, a mafia drug kingpin and a fugitive from the Italian law, had plenty of assets to seize. But the Van Goghs were the most remarkable. 
After the September 30th press conference, both Seascape at Chevenigan and congregation leaving the Reformed Church in Noonan were left on display for two weeks at Naples' Museo di Capodimonte and then held for a short time in Italy as evidence in the Camorra trial that had led to their capture. The paintings went on to spend two years in restoration for the relatively minor damage they received at the hands of their thieves. On April 17, 2019, they went back on display at Amsterdam's Van Gogh Museum. Today, they draw viewers from around the world, in part because they're beautiful works of art, but also because they're now tinged with the story of the Camorra, They'll always represent the strange, surprising relationship between organized crime and fine art. Raffaele Imperiale, like most people who purchase stolen art, did not make his investment for the personal privilege of living with an artistic masterpiece, nor did he buy it with any hope of inserting it back into the legitimate art market. It's nearly impossible to sell stolen art to normal art collectors. Most fine art is purchased as an investment, and buyers aren't interested in pieces they can't bring back onto the market. There's little to attract traditional art clientele. Instead, stolen art enters a closed black market where it's traded amongst organized crime syndicates and other criminals as a valuable bartering piece or a form of collateral. A syndicate may use a piece of art to pay for a batch of drugs or hand it over as a placeholder until they can get their associates cash for the purchase. Most art crime since the 1960s has been tied to organized crime in one way or another because organized crime provides devalued stolen art with a new shadow value. That value is rarely the same as the price the art would fetch on the open market. Imperiale, for example, paid 350,000 euros for his two paintings, far less than the 4 million each at which they were valued when stolen. But it's more than a painting would be worth to anyone not involved with other criminals, since technically, a stolen piece of art can't legally exist in anyone's collection, private or museum. And yet amongst criminals, they do. Seascape at Chevenigan and congregation leaving the Reformed Church in Noonan aren't the only masterpieces that have fallen into the clutches of the Camorra and crime syndicates around the world. They're just the lucky ones that made it out. For more information on organized crime, check out the ParCast original, Kingpins. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find all episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. 
We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the Parcast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carrie Murphy, Maggie Admire, and Travis Clark. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Nora Battelle. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 